Welcome to the Vintage Church Podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm the lead pastor at Vintage Church. We're so grateful that you would take time to lean into a teaching from one of our weekend worship gatherings. Each week, one of our pastors opens the Word of God with a relevant message in the hopes that you are inspired to live and love like Jesus. We invite you now to open your heart and mind and lean into the Word of God. Well, I hope wherever you are worshiping with us this week, you're getting to do a lot of this right here that you were on vacation somewhere and that you are just finding some time to disconnect, decompress, and relax and just throw your feet up. Because we're calling this, well, originally we were gonna call this Vintage at Home. And then we realized the whole reason why we're doing this is because so many people this weekend will not be at home. So we're calling this Vintage at Wherever. And although we are not under the same roof this week, I hope you're under an unfamiliar roof. Maybe you're under the roof of a condo at the beach and you're enjoying some time with your family and I hope it's full of just laughter and fun and some things that are out of the norm to give you a chance to to reboot, to refresh, to take some time this summer and just get ready for all the craziness that's gonna happen when fall gets here before we know it and we head into another school year and things get busy again. Or maybe right now you're watching this and there is no roof over your head, that you're staring up at a beautiful blue sky and enjoying some time with the people that you love most. The truth is, this weekend we probably could have had church, but it takes dozens of people to make what happens in this building every weekend happen. From our host team to the amazing worship and production teams that led you into the throne room of God just a moment ago, our kids volunteers, our student volunteers, there's just so many people that make this thing happen and there are people that this weekend, if we would have still had in-person gatherings, although they could have gone on vacation, they would have chosen not to just because they love you and they love Jesus so much. And throughout this pandemic, we realized through the beauty of technology that we can still have church, even though maybe we're not in the same building, under the same roof, we are gathered under one name and one mission, and so welcome to Venice Church. We are glad that we have an opportunity to speak into your life today, and we are continuing in a series that we've been in for quite some time now. Actually, today is the eighth installment of a series that we're calling Fruitful. We came out of a series called Plain and Simple where we made it really clear that the gospel and what Jesus does in our lives isn't dependent on us. That for us to experience salvation, man, God's done all the work. That we don't have to jump through any hoops and there could never be enough hoops that any of us would ever be able to jump through in order to be made right with God. But through the work of the cross, the power of the shed blood of Jesus and the victory that he's had over the grave, we get to have a relationship with God. And the cool thing about our God is he didn't come just to free us from our past. He wants to produce fruit in us in the present. Let me say that again, because I think that's a really important thing to grasp, that what Jesus has done for us is not to just free us from our past, but to produce fruit in us in the present, that he didn't want us to just meet him. He wants us to walk with him. I remind you of what we've leaned into several times in this series, John 15, where Jesus gives this beautiful analogy where he says, 
I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you stay in me and I in you, you can do more than you realize. But apart from me, you can do nothing. But in me, you will bear much fruit. Those are the words of Jesus. And then Paul, in writing to the church in Galatians, gives us some idea of what that fruit looks like as we walk by the Spirit and have victory over the flesh. Galatians chapter five, go with me now. It's gonna be on your screen. If you wanna pull open a Bible or if you wanna just open the Bible app, however you wanna access God's word, but you're gonna see it right in front of you. Galatians chapter five, verse 16. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the desire of the flesh is against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another in order to keep you from doing whatever you want. See, your flesh cannot produce the fruit that God desires. It can produce something. And Paul gives us a list of the works of the flesh and all of us kind of have some things in the closet that came from those years of flesh living that Jesus has forgiven us from. But there's a, there's a fruit, some specific fruit that is produced in us when we walk with the Spirit. Look at verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things, there, there is no law. And now those who belong to Christ Jesus, those people have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And if, and if we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. And let's not become boastful or challenging one another and envying one another. See, this fruit that God produces in our lives, that the last thing God wants us to do is start comparing fruit because all of us are in different stages in this spiritual journey as we walk with Jesus and get to know him and lean into his spirit. But what the spirit produces in us is this fruit that every life longs for. And John 10, 10, Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it to the full. And a full life produces the beautiful fruit that Paul's talking about in Galatians chapter five. And we've been walking through each of these one by one. Interestingly enough, we had not planned to even do this series that as a part of Plain and Simple, we were going to do a week on the works of the flesh and do a week on the fruit of the Spirit and then move on. But we just felt like what Paul's writing about, there seems to be a deficiency of, not just in our culture, but in the church. That even in the church, there's an absence of real, genuine, sincere, authentic love. Even in the church, there are far too many people that claim to know Jesus but don't seem to be walking around with a whole lot of joy. In the last year, it's been much more about pandemic than peace, hasn't it? That patience, all you got to do is go to Walmart when you leave here and realize that there's not a lot of patience in most of us. Kindness, man, our world could use some kindness. And the kind of kindness produced by the Spirit is not acts of kindness in order to advance our career or selfishly get something in return. No real, genuine, sincere kindness that makes a difference in the world. Goodness, faithfulness. And over the last few weeks, we've been walking through those. But I gotta be honest. Today's fruit is the one that might be the most difficult one for us. It may be the one that we least value. Because today we lean into the fruit 
gentleness. And maybe it's just me, but of all the fruits, this is the one, if I could pull one out, this would be the one. Because I was the kid that when I grew up, I wanted to be Rambo. I don't know if you ever watched those movies or a kid like me, you were into those, those movies, those, and these guys that were super aggressive and did all these things. And gentleness just seems to be the, I wish the fruit of the spirit was toughness. Because that's kind of what we long for. And gentleness is one of those things that the reason why we don't value it is because like so many other things of God, we misunderstand it. And man, we live in a culture where it doesn't seem as if gentleness gets us very far, does it? We live in a culture where the loudest one wins. Not the one with the most knowledge or not the one with the most facts or not the one with the most information. No, the the loudest voice in the room seems to be the one that wins. And it seems like that gentleness is not a trait that advances us very far in the culture in which we live. It almost seems as if in the culture in which we live, the only way to advance is through a heightened level of aggression. That that's the only way to get forward. It's not, it's not the one with the most knowledge. It's not the one with the best approach. It's the one with the most aggressive approach. That if we're gonna get to the top, we have to bully our way there. And here, Paul, in unpacking the fruit that's supposed to be present in the life of someone walking in step with the Spirit of God. Yeah, it's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, but it's also gentleness. And this is the one of all the fruits of the Spirit that we feel like we can excuse ourselves from. Have you ever noticed that sometimes we read these fruits of the Spirit and and we think, well, that's just not my personality. These are fruits of the Spirit. These are not personality types. And sometimes we, well, I'm just not a very joyful person. I'm I'm just not wired to be kind. Well, you get rewired when you meet Jesus. That's the whole point of the gospel is you are being made new that God is transforming you from the inside out, and yet we all have certain leanings as people. But we don't get to look at things like patience and kindness and gentleness and dismiss their lack of presence in our lives because maybe our personality leans a certain way. Because all throughout Scripture we are told or we are reminded That gentleness, being gentle, is the quality of somebody who follows Jesus. Let me show you. Go to Titus chapter 3. It says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to to slander no one, to be peaceable, considerate. Two attributes that we've already connected to other fruits of the Spirit. Then look at what he says. And this is Paul writing to Titus, a leader in the church who has the responsibility of discipling people into mature followers of Jesus. And he says this, 
always to be gentle toward everyone. That someone living in tune with the Holy Spirit of God, someone walking in an intimate relationship with Jesus, is someone who believes that they have the responsibility to operate gently toward everyone. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Again, another fruit of the Spirit, be patient, bearing with one, or, one another in another fruit of the Spirit, love. Do you see the repetitive nature of Paul's writing? That in all these letters written to these people who are trying to figure out what it means to walk with Jesus and live in his spirit, he says these same things over and over and over again. One more time, go to Philippians chapter four, verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. That there's this fruit that's supposed to be present in the life of someone who knows Jesus that is known as gentleness. And here we are trying to live in this culture that seems to be anything but gentle. The way that we have determined is the only way to get our point across, the only way to accomplish anything, the only way to win the argument is to be the one with the most aggressive approach. And over the last 18 months, we've seen the aggression from people of culture on display as frequently as ever in my lifetime, what about yours? And sometimes we, we take this inappropriate level of aggression and label it as boldness for Jesus in order to justify it. And sometimes I wonder if we are failing to remember that God has called us. Jesus used the word meek. We love to talk about being bold for Jesus, but in Matthew chapter five, in the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus is describing the blessed people, when he's saying blessed are those who, and this, in verse five of Matthew five, he says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And meek and gentle, they're, they're very connected to one another. But we don't even like that word, meek. It sounds too much like weak. And we live in a culture that runs from weakness. We live in a culture that says we, we really can't afford to be weak. Even in the church, if we're going to advance the gospel, if we're gonna shift the tides of a culture that seems to be going against the grain of spirit, spiritual and scriptural principles, like you, you gotta be forceful and you gotta be aggressive and you gotta go after it and you gotta be bold. And I don't think that gentleness and meekness is saying that there are moments that we don't need to or shouldn't be bold. 
But can we maybe come to the same page that there's a time when we hit a level of aggression in the defense of truth or in the advancement of the gospel that is inappropriate and breaks the heart of God? And now, the meek aren't a doormat for others to walk over. They're people who are dependent on God so that he can work through them. And see, one of the reasons why we run from meek is the same reason why we run from gentleness because we believe that to be gentle is just to be passive. We believe that to be meek is to be weak. That we don't want to be the doormats of society because we have this really important message that we've got to get out into the world. But So it causes us to move towards this inappropriate level of aggression that does more to hinder the message of the gospel than it does to advance it. I'm preaching really good. I hope you're saying amen in the chat right now. That God has called us to operate with gentleness. That the way that we represent him, the way that we operate in the world, the way that we speak truth, the way that we engage people who disagree with us, the way that we navigate hard issues is gently. Whether it be somebody who who doesn't align with our beliefs or somebody who's stumbled into sin and we have to operate with accountability, that gentle is the path that God has said someone who is walking his spirit will always choose to be gentle. But there's so many things, just like all these fruits of the spirit that stand in the way of our ability to be gentle. And throughout this series, what we've tried to say is, okay, the way that we become joyful, the way that we end up kind, the way that we are faithful, the way that we are good is not by trying to be good or trying to have joy or trying to be kind. It's through allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work in us. Because see, there's always weeds that want to grow to choke out the fruit that God wants to produce. And the Holy Spirit's job is to pull the weeds that get in the way. The Holy Spirit is the one that uproots the selfishness, that unleashes the kindness like we talked about a few weeks ago. And there are some weeds that tend to grow. There are some things that are present in our lives. There's some stuff about us that hinders our ability to operate with gentleness just like our ability to be kind and faithful and good and joyful. And maybe the list, there's, there's four things that I find stand in the way of my ability to be gentle. And I hope these things resonate with, with all of you as well. One of, the, one of the reasons why it's hard for us to be gentle is because we're extremely passionate. And I know what you're thinking, wait, whoa, Matt, that's a bad thing? It can be. It can be. Because sometimes we're so extremely passionate passionate, that it creates emotion that leads us to operate with an inappropriate level of aggression. Did that make sense? That sometimes our passion can stir up in us emotion 
that causes us to operate with an inappropriate level of aggression. That passion is good, but passion can be misplaced. We've seen it in all areas of life. We're so passionate about our sports teams that we literally get into fights with people over a game that you've never even played. Because passion stirs up emotion, and emotion left unchecked will often lead to an inappropriate level of aggression. And it's awesome that we're passionate, but when we let that passion stir up emotion that's unbridled, unthrottled, uncontrolled, it can lead us to an inappropriate level of aggression. Now let me, let me make sure I've clarified this. Aggression can be good. Look at me. Aggression sometimes is even necessary. I'm talking about an inappropriate level of aggression. And that's when we step out. See, being gentle, there's different levels of gentle. The way it, that's why when I was preparing this message, I'm trying to think about how to define gentleness. Is gentleness in some ways is, is, is situation dependent and a little bit fluid. To gently move people in different directions takes a more force dependent on the situation. And what somebody who's in tune with the spirit knows is we have to check emotion or we're not able to read that situation and operate in a way that's effective. And so often we'd rather be stubborn than effective. Because we're passionate. Proverbs 29, 11. Fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring calm in the end. Only a fool lets their passion take them to a place that leads to an inappropriate level of aggression and is just counterproductive in the end in what we're trying to accomplish. And you know, I know there are issues that we want to engage because we're passionate about the word of God. I know that there are things in our culture and directions we see the world going that seem to be in contradiction to God's word and we have this desire to correct. But if we're gonna actually correct, we have to put our passion in its place, not let our emotions get the best of us and operate with gentleness. And see, when you operate with gentleness, you, in, you invite dialogue, you don't incite debate. And one of the reasons why we're not accomplishing a whole lot is because we're operating with such emotion, we're inciting debate, and it's just about winning the argument instead of really experiencing change. And if we're gonna experience change in our culture, we have to operate with gentleness in a way that invites the dialogue so that we can have the necessary conversations Truth is not a weapon that we ever get to use to inflict wounds. Truth is not a weapon we use to inflict wounds. Truth is a, is a tool that we use to inspire change. And that only happens when we don't let our passion get the best of us, let our emotions take control and push us to an inappropriate level of aggression that never ends well. We're extremely passionate. 
which is why we struggle to be gentle. One thing I know about me and maybe most of us, we're also not just extremely passionate, we're overly anxious. We're overly anxious. And I'm not talking about just the fact that so many of us live with this heightened sense of anxiety. That all of us are walking around a little bit on edge at times. Come on. Like it seems like so many of us are just operating on edge because we're living at a pace that isn't healthy. One of the reasons why we did this this weekend is because we value rest. We value rest. That we, we know that next week when our volunteers come back, they're gonna be more effective at serving our church because they had a week where they didn't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning. And they got a chance just to rest and recharge. And what we will do next Sunday and the Sunday after that will be more effective for God's kingdom because we chose to make the decision to actually give some people some space to recharge. Because when we're overly anxious, we're not really effective, are we? I think we're also overly anxious at times because especially when it comes to truth and our culture, and the gospel, because we feel this sense of urgency, right? There's this sense of urgency that we feel, that, that culture's moving so fast and things are changing so rapidly. We gotta do something, we gotta do something, we gotta, we gotta do something. But a heightened sense of urgency often creates an overwhelming sense of anxiety that produces an ineffective level of aggression. Let me say that again. At times, a heightened sense of urgency creates an overwhelming sense of anxiety that produces an ineffective level of aggression. That we've gotta do something, we gotta do something. And then we get anxious because if we don't do it now, when will we do it? And then we just pounce. And if we're gonna cultivate gentleness, we're gonna have to conquer anxiety. If we're gonna cultivate gentleness in us, we have to conquer anxiety. In Philippians chapter four, verse six, do not be anxious about anything. And how do you conquer the anxiety? In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Now, one of the keys to overcoming anxiety is to spend more time praying to God instead of worrying about how to fix the situation. For some of us, the reason why we don't pray is because prayer seems passive. We wanna do something. <laughs> we feel that sense of urgency. And so many of us are all turned up about what's gonna happen. In Matthew chapter six, verse 25 Jesus reminds us, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear, is life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you add a single day to your life by worrying? We're overly anxious. But it's not just that we're extremely passionate and overly anxious. Uh, we're constantly offended. 
we are constantly offended. And I, I chose that word purposefully. Some people, well, may, are we easily offended? No, we're constantly offended because we're easily offended. It's like we, everywhere we turn and everything we look, we're just constantly offended. And when we are constantly offended, we see everybody as an enemy and everything as an attack. And if everybody's an enemy and everything's an attack, it's hard not to be aggressive. It's hard not to operate with gentleness. It's hard to operate with gentleness when we're constantly offended. Proverbs 19, 11. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. See those meek people that Jesus talked about? The meek have a God-given ability to absorb offense without becoming overly defensive. And the reason why we're constantly offended is because we're overly insecure. When your identity is so solidly rooted in who Jesus has created you to be, it's surprisingly how thick-skinned you become. When you know what he thinks about you, it doesn't matter what they say about you. When you know what he thinks about you, it doesn't matter what they say about you. And you find that you're not nearly as offended as frequently as you used to be. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 21. Do not pay attention to every word people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you. For you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. That if we're going to operate with gentleness, if we're going to walk in the spirit gently and navigate the difficult things of this world, we can't be extremely passionate to the point where emotion takes control and we operate with an inappropriate level of aggression. We can't be overly anxious to where we live with a heightened sense of urgency that creates overwhelming anxiety and leads once again to an ineffective level of aggression. We can't constantly be offended and see everyone as an enemy and everything as an attack or we'll always be overly aggressive. And finally, we're so easily angered. And all those things lead to that one. We live in a culture of short fuses. But Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17, reminds us a quick-tempered person does foolish things. And the one who devises evil schemes is hated. Stay on that verse for just a second. A quick tempered person does foolish things. Sometimes you don't really need to unpack the scripture. You just need to read it again. A quick tempered person does foolish things. Psalm 37, 8, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. That when we let anger get the best of us, we don't operate with the fruit of the Spirit flowing out of our lives. And perhaps the most powerful passage in all of Scripture on the subject of anger, James chapter 1. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness, the righteousness that comes from God. See, that whole word meek really embodies this measure of slowness. And when Jesus talks about the meek, it's that people that see the things coming and they slow down in order to allow space for God to do what only he can. See, people who live by the Spirit and operate with gentleness, the meek that Jesus was talking about are the people that know there's a threshold where what is necessary from them and what is needed from God gets crossed. They know when, when there's a time of, yes, I need to operate with boldness and I need to do these things and there's a time when I need to sit back and trust I don't have to fight every battle because I have a God who's constantly fighting for me. And when you recognize that, that gives you a sense of calm that allows you to operate with gentleness. I know this is, this is not a fun one. We love the thing about being kind. We, we, we love joy. We, we love love. We, we want peace. We want all these things. But there's, this is the forgotten fruit. Gentleness. And if we're going to live in a way that allows the Holy Spirit to produce this in our lives. I think the, the key is trust. That if we're ever gonna live gently, we have to trust God completely. See, when you trust God completely, you know that those things that you're passionate about, that he's passionate about it too, and that he is fighting for his will and it can cause you to say, yeah, I can take a breath. That that thing that's causing anxiety to well up in you, you can hand over to God and cast your cares upon him and it gives you that sense of knowing that he's still in control. When you're offended by every little thing because you haven't trusted him enough to give you security in who you, he has created you to be, it's hard to be gentle in those moments It's easy to fly off the handle when you're not living in the spirit in a way that helps that emotion stay at bay. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and it's gentleness. And probably the best thing that we could have done to help God pull out the weeds so this fruit can grow is exactly what we've done today. Our hope is in this season when more people than usual get a chance to take some time off, get a chance to escape the normal routine and hustle of life is to rest. Because sometimes it takes moments like this where, where you disconnect from the norm. When you step outside 
the routine of your life that requires so much of you and from you that allows your spirit to just take a breath. And just soak in his presence. And be reminded that all the things that are stirring up emotion. See, you know, we said that selfishness was the enemy of kindness. Our emotions are probably the enemy of gentleness. Because when we let our emotions get to this level 10 that they've been at for so long, for so many of us, it's easy to have that short fuse and quick-tempered and thin-skinned. So take some time today. Rest in his presence. And remember, when you go back to that normal life, that even then, he's still in control. If you're gonna live gently, trust him completely. And today I just wanna remind you that you can. Father, I pray that you'd help us just to lean into your presence right now, to worship you, see your face, that we cast our cares on you. And we ask for strength to go against the grain of our culture in this world where the loudest voice wins, when it seems like the most aggressive are the only ones that advance, you've called us to be gentle and humble and meek. And God, we can do that knowing exactly who you are and what you're capable of. Thanks for listening to the Venice Church Podcast. We hope what you have just heard has inspired you to live and love like Jesus. If you'd like to know more about Venice Church or to get further connected, we invite you to visit us at our website at venicechurch.net. We'd also encourage you to download the Vintage app. There you can find more resources about how to get involved and grow in your faith. You can access the Venice Church app by going to app.venicechurch.net. Thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your spiritual journey, and we hope to see you soon.